Are there parts of motherhood that did not come naturally? Do you feel overwhelmed? Are there secrets you wish you knew in advance about the motherhood journey? Could you use a place to cope with motherhood, laugh your woes away, and lighten the mommy guilt? Welcome to Toward, finding a mom-life balance. Welcome to Torn, finding a mom-life balance beyond the guilt. We're your hosts, Athena. And memes. Hi, Torn Tribe. Welcome back. Welcome back. And a part of the series, Beyond the Guilt, we're looking at a couple different aspects. And today's episode is all around, who are we? And what I mean by that um, is basically, who are we? The we there being the parenting unit, raising your children. It's a hard thing to come to, and there's a lot of emotions and a lot of unsaid words and said <laughs> words <laughs> with this uh, category. So we're excited to jump on in with you. Um, I never realized how little I wanted to articulate my thought process on decisions until it had to do with a whole other human's life. Like there's one thing of like, how are we dividing finances? How are we dividing uh, things around, things that have to get done, right? Because certain things just like, you kind of leave it to like whoever got stuck with this. Like, oh, you ran out of TP, you ran out of soap, you were the last one with toothpaste. <laughs> Good luck, I hope there's some in the pantry. <laughs> um, but when it comes to another entity like it's separate from you but it's related to both of you and then there's so many different dynamics um parenting together co-parenting separate household co-parenting with um children from you know like it's not my family's not really a blended family but kind of a blend it's like a remix on a blended family um so so much to consider when you have to like think it feel it analyze it take it to the drawing board together and then actually do something. And some of these things don't give you a lot of turnaround time to make those decisions and like live who you really are. Yeah. I think parenting, um, I guess, cause we didn't really see it modeled out as like a ongoing conversation. At like <laughs> it seemed like our parents knew that, you know, mom cooked and cleaned and organized and made sure everybody had their head on street and went to school with clean underwear. <laughs> Meanwhile, dad was, you know, it was known he was the working guy and provided financially, but that's about it is that he went to work <laughs> and mom divided up the finances. Um, so their roles seemed very clear cut and there wasn't like any overlap or miscommunication on who has what. Um, so when I became a parent, I just thought, you know, hey, you, you're just supposed to know, you know, like, what do you mean you don't know that? Or, uh, or you're naturally going to co-sign, naturally yeah. going to co-sign what's coming out of my mouth or I'm co-signing, but often I'm like waiting for you to finish that sentence. Like, where are we going? Like, <laughs> what? Like, no, we're not making that agreement with her. <laughs> yeah, or by now, you know, because I was already married for a bunch of years. So by then, when we brought home our child from Ukraine or even our first infant together, I was like, everybody knows by now, right? My sleep interrupted. 
doesn't make for a nice Athena. So of course I'm not waking up in the middle of the night to change diapers. Like we have to have a conversation about that. Okay. <laughs> no, but I think even jumping in, Justin was 12. They already had a flow and they had such a like dad and son, like their weekends were spent at baseball fields. And I'm just like, um, excuse me. Where do I fit in? Not gonna this? happen. <laughs> Um, and then I'm like, and then basketball happens during the, I'm like, this isn't even like just a couple of months. This is like a all year round. All our mind revolves around is getting to school, getting the things we have to get done and then playing sports. I'm just like, oh, I have so many other thoughts because none of those things were in my day to day before being together. So yeah, mm -hmm. it's definitely, it's an adjustment. It has to do with your personality, like your sleep patterns, your mood how you communicate when you're hormones <laughs> because I do not process and then deliver my eloquent reflected thought out response that won't hurt people's feelings. And I don't have to, you know, take my foot out of my mouth later. So when you're living it um, and different scenarios, bring it up. I think it's really interesting to just see that other level of your interaction. Yeah, definitely. So I think to name the guilt feelings here, Torn Tribe, that I often felt when like creating this definition around parenting, what what type of parent am I alongside of another individual? And in this case, my spouse, Steve, the feelings that I often had that I battled was the guilty feeling of feeling I was parenting alone. Um, I never liked having that feeling because I never wanted my spouse, I never wanted Steve to feel like I didn't think he was parenting <laughs> because that's not true, right? Like he was fully invested. He was that dad that would get up in the middle of the night and do all the things that he knew I wasn't able to do. He definitely changed more pampers for our infants than I ever did. And honestly, he was the, he's the type of husband that if he was able to breastfeed, he would have breastfed those children because he just knew he really enjoyed infant, like that infant time period. He was like, this is the best. They could just lay on my chest and we don't have to they don't talk anymore. back. I co-signed that. Zero to 12. Uh, meanwhile, I was like, oh, I don't really know if I know how to hold him. He doesn't know how to hold his neck. <laughs> you know, like I get squeamish. I'm all about like, give me the eight-year-old and above and we'll be fine because they can at least tell me I'm hurting them <laughs> or that I've left them behind. I'm like, hey, wait for me, <laughs> you know? I kind of do better around that. If you're too quiet, I tend to forget that you're even there. Um, so, so understanding those things. And then I would say the other guilty feeling that I had because I am type A, we talk about this all the time on this podcast, um, and type A's are, I'm going to say it, we're controlling. If we can control it, we will control it because it allows for predictability and planning and less stress in our eyes. So I always fought the guilty feeling of being a controlling parent and worst of all, a controlling spouse. And I... Think that's really hard to battle with i think it's very humbling uh, that athena can say she didn't want a parent alone and didn't feel because i am the one who kind of like in the fit it's just like i have to do everything 
And and that's my response to even the control aspect is that I've never want, you know, and despite that it's like part of like my role in my career now, I've never wanted to be the tour guide. I've never wanted to be the one running, planning the event. I'm fine with like, I'll help. I'm a supporting role, but what came into the picture with parenting is that if I wanted it done a certain way, or my goal was for it to be executed with certain little things, I had to like take that, you know, put on that cap um, with everything that came with it, that I couldn't micromanage someone else into controlling. And then find, you know, they weren't my paid event planner, wedding planner, you know, like it wasn't going to function that way. If I was going to let go of the reins, I was going to kind of have to be silent. And then I found the rub. (laughs) um, And, and in the parenting alone for me, it's um, when it comes, when, when other circumstances impose that, right. Because it's also uh, in education and kind of, in collaborating with others, there's often like a communication about what's my strength and what can I do, but you don't really have that choice sometimes. Sometimes you're the one with the schedule that allows for the drop off and pick up. And sometimes you're the one with more time, you know, I get more time off. So there's always the like, what are you complaining about? You know, you also get this like six weeks or you have a full week for this, you know, holiday or break or whatever it is. And that kind of always will trump who can do more appointments who could you know i still haven't figured that one out how to like book myself up from some other level so torn tribe feel free invites social events interviews you know bring us along and then i can kind of like shirk some of those other things they want to put on my plate but um having to accept that it was important to me what it looked like that i couldn't kind of come away from day-to-day routine or milestones and say I'm going to be happy with what someone else chooses. It, you know, that I really couldn't, that didn't settle. Well, so. so it was just like, I well, think, I think the bar it. there. Yeah. I think the bar there changes. The more children you have, the more humbling it becomes. Cause a lot of people will say, and this is how I got into the other side of the guilt of no longer feeling like, Hey, I'm parenting alone. Not that this is a solution, really, but the more children I had, the more control I let go because I realized, hey, I'm one person and I just can't and I just need to accept it for what it is. So getting to that place of understanding with my spouse, like our identity as a parenting unit, no longer just looking at it like we were talking in previous episodes, like, who am I? as a person and an individual and what in this season I want to get out of it, but now like a joint view of it and bringing in my husband along that ride of saying, Hey, let's actually sit down. Let's make time to sit down before we have another child and really carve out what does it mean to be our family? What are our priorities? What are our values? Because at the end of the day, I can walk in unity with someone if I know we're headed towards the same end goal and that unity doesn't mean sameness, right? So he will never clean the bathroom the same way I clean the bathroom. And I definitely will never fold laundry as beautifully as Stephen Ramsey folds laundry, but the end goal is clean clothes, right? And a clean bathroom. So 
I can compromise with that as long as we're headed towards the same thing. And if our end goal for our four sons is to raise up men that are able to stand up on their own two feet and provide for themselves and have an identity that they are chosen and worthy, you know, then then we've achieved our goal together. So to get beyond that guilt torn tribe, that is the first thing me and memes would say. It's like have that open dialogue conversation and really establish verbally communicate, get it out of your mind. And even if you need it on paper, because some of us are like visual, um, what is that parenting unit look like? And I think you can do that even if you're not parenting in the same household. Even if you have to co-parent with someone that you're separated from um, and sharing custody of the child. Definitely. I think it leads to what we were discussing about like getting what's internal out, right? We have to like name our articulate and, and those are conversations that might take a while and that in each phase might you might feel differently after the experience, or you might have taken a, had takeaways that made you like reevaluate what you want to prioritize. Like I, I have those moments in the middle of seeing what I asked for happening where I'm like, didn't really think about what I asked for. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hold on. Um, do I say it right now? Do I wait until the next time we have this conversation? Yeah, and it also depends on your child, right? Because you might have a child that you're like, all of a sudden it's a game changer. I would say that was our number three. Our child number three, we thought we had our priorities straight and then he came. <laughs> he was on the scene and we're like, oh, we can no longer prioritize uh one-on-one -on -one date nights with our sons, right? Like, so you can't have a one-on-one -on -one son night with our oldest and then a one-on-one -on -one son night with our youngest because now there's one more child. <laughs> and there's only two of us and there's but so many weekends in a month, you know, so. But I think it also, I think you bring up a great point about like where, what your kid needs because I'm also thinking of just the, like the kids I have and the kids I know. I think temperaments can be different. <laughs> and physical needs, like actual uh, stages, developmentally, abilities, um, which are things that to keep your partnership solid, you also have to like process and deal with your own emotions about what it's like when your child is like going through a difficult time about to transition. You know, even, you know, my our recent one I can think of is like, a like Justin going to college and what that felt like. And even just yeah. graduations where like, my epiphany was very different and then i get the revelation it's like well i had my personal moment and broke down on my way back from work or on my way to work you know and i'm just like really and i have yeah. like i, had, I didn't see it. i'm like you see it coming for you i didn't even see that coming <laughs> not at that moment you know i'm like we still have the drop off at school so far off and it's like no um so, no you cried the whole way through you just don't tell anybody <laughs> and recognizing um that they're each so different and so that even when you have mastered something for one you know it doesn't necessarily yeah. fit for the other and how you both feel as you did it for each one it's going to change so repositioning definitely but i think um also our kids i really do believe that journey is a relationship that like teaches us so much about ourselves i've always said that about my classroom and i definitely feel it about parenting it's like if you have something you need to work on personally you get these little messengers these little angels and prophets that get sent to your life specifically 
um, to teach you to push those buttons and to teach you a different way, a different approach, or, or that you have to figure it out, right? That the phase of your life to work on that thing about yourself has arrived. <laughs> and if you don't, you know, you'll probably regret it <clears throat> or suffer through. <laughs> yeah, you gotta love it though when your little people are like, but you're an adult, why haven't you figured it out? Well, let me tell you, child. <laughs> Yeah, and that your partner can be in a completely different place. They could be in a good place with something that you're working on and vice versa. But so much of the communication. So we talk so much about how to get beyond the guilt because that's, it's going to be there, right? Like a lot of our series is to confirm that there are things no one tells us about that aren't really highlighted strong, you know, in dense chapters of a book about, um, what you feel on this journey, but to get beyond it and manage it, like I think communication is a huge one. Yeah, and so part of that communication, because this is often really hard to do, because I know we don't prioritize most of the time our like me time or creating boundaries for space to do nothing. Guilty, <laughs> guilty, guilty. <laughs> Um, of jam packing a schedule. And so there is one thing that me and my husband have done, and that means I know you and I do this too, is create space to communicate and reflect on our parenting together. I think that's huge because it will infiltrate that pivoting and shifting for each child of what parenting style you're going to have for the next season. And like, as you go through the different seasons of life, like we're entering school now, crying out loud. Like, I can't believe yeah. the, the sophomore and the fourth grader. I, I hate fourth grade touring drive. I don't, it's a, I blame it on my childhood. I hate fourth grade, you know, teacher who you are out there <laughs> that made me hate fourth grade. But every time a child gets to fourth grade, I have a panic attack and anxiety. And I'm like, I can't be a fourth grader again. <laughs> Steve always has to like talk me off the ledge and be like, but you're not the fourth grader and it's your son. I'm like, yeah, but I don't want them to feel dumb and stupid and like all these things and it's too much. Like fourth grade so much fun. But anywho, so we got a fourth grader and a first grader, a first grader who doesn't think he needs first grade. He's learned how to read and do math. So he's got life, um, you know, and, and a preschooler that wants to be in first grade with his brother and keeps telling his brother, one day I will be in the same classroom as you. Uh-oh. <laughs> Watch out. He'll <laughs> just recognize what that implicates. <laughs> And he's like, no, you won't. I will purposely make you get the answers wrong on a test. <laughs> so they got their plans. But it's setting aside. I think it's so important that we set aside, we create the space to reflect and communicate. And I think there is a difference between reflecting and communicating. Reflecting uh, encompasses being quiet. <laughs> so silence your mind. Silence the what ifs and the worries and the, oh, let me tell you, um, you know, attitudes and getting your, your mind to a place where you're able to actually listen, not only to your spouse or your partner or the other person co-parenting with you, but actually listening to God. Because I feel God has a lot to say about parenting. It's the one relationship that he constantly talks about with us. He sees us as children. 
So if we are his children, then therefore we are, he is a parent to us. So he has a lot of thoughts about that relationship. And there's one verse in Ephesians that talks in chapter six that talks all the time and it's directed to fathers, but I often apply it to myself because I know that I do it to myself and I definitely do it to my children. And it says right after it talks about children obeying and honoring their mother and father. It says, fathers, don't provoke your children. Don't make life harder on them than it already is. Don't give them measurements that they can't live up to, right? And being that I'm type A, being I'm super competitive, I'll admit it. And I'll save the story about pregnancy and how I got competitive there, but don't do it. It's not, it's not a place for competition. Um, you know, I often set the bar a little too high for myself because I'm always thinking that I'm not doing enough. I'm not achieving enough. I'm not challenging myself enough. So, you know, it's like, oh, my husband ran a marathon. Well, I even contemplated an ultra marathon. Like, no, <laughs> no reason to. But the same thing with parenting. Like, don't set the bar. And just because one child did something at a certain age doesn't mean the other child needs to do the same. And 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 the working with my spouse to figure out how to communicate that, right, to our children. Because being that I have four sons, the male ego is very real in our household. And that competitive nature is tense. Like you can smell the competition in our house because there's always someone competing to be the alpha dog. And making them realize that being the alpha dog doesn't mean sameness. It's walking in unity for the same purpose, right? So block that time toward drive to sit with your partner, reflect, be silent, and then communicate. I would just echo that that reflection is not really hardwired into us. If you haven't made a practice or you haven't been encouraged or seen a model of someone taking the space, and so whatever that thinking back is, if for you it's like last week, if it's, a, a, you know, six months, a year, quarterly, whatever it is, I would say thinking about how you do that for yourself and then thinking about how you do that together, because I think both of you could either, you know, come to it at a different stage of comfort with looking back. And it's not look you, you just looking back, right? Because it's not looking back for fault or not looking back for error or but taking time to think about how it went, how you felt, because if you just keep going and you're in the rat race and you're just getting another thing done, then sometimes you're not making that other stage any different. And you could, if you just carve out a little bit of time looking back to, or how you made someone else feel. Because often for me, it's like we survived it, <laughs> but how did we make each other feel through it um, so that you can, keep planning future phases together and have that harmony and have that joy and remember. And it's also that it's highlighting what went really well, what maybe you put for me, I've often like put a lot of effort into something. And at the end, you know, I tell the twine tribe all the time, um, I am not going to put a lot of energy in things that very easily can just like my balloon gets deflated because you're in tears for something that I did like all the extras for and planned and carved out and, you know, had to drive myself crazy to get this to happen. And it's just like, I'm, you know, the kid is in tears, your partner's like rolling his eyes. And it's like, <laughs> what, 
what did we do all of this for? Like, what's the memory we're getting out of this? Um, So, and and wherever you're entering it, I would just say taking that time to reflect together and have a conversation about it because maybe you'll make each other recognize things that you didn't before. Yeah, and you recognize each other's strengths, which I think leads to our third getting beyond the guilt thing that you can do is that clearly communicating division of labor, but only after, only after you have sat, reflected, communicated, figured out your guy's parenting style and how you want to go about that, would I say approach the topic of division of labor? Because if you haven't done any of the other things that we're recommending, that division of labor conversation's going to sound unfair. <laughs> No matter how it gets divided, you're going to feel or like useful, I'm useless, right? Yeah. If if making sure that PJs are paired together and in the pajama drawer is not important to your partner, it, you're sound. You're the Charlie Brown teacher. You're like wah wah wah. And if you don't eat, like for me, some of the executive functioning things, like oh, is so great at making sure he has thought about what the three meals of the day are. And sometimes I'm like. What? I haven't even like I didn't even think about breakfast for myself it's like and you're over here like oh while we're running around and doing this this will be lunch and, th- and it's just like good call I'm glad you're part I'm glad you're here today <laughs> thanks for showing up <laughs> because and so having that reflection communication so that the things that you are feeling unheard on or that you want partnership on, or that you have to relinquish because you can't possibly do, being able to name like why it's so important to you and why you think it should still stay on the list of things you have to do, and that you're going to accept whatever it looks like, take deep breaths and accept whatever it looks like, um, or, or really banking on those strengths and trying to carve those times where your partner is focused on doing the things in the family with your child when you're absent or present that are really their strengths when you can and then you're leaning into your strengths and maybe your attention if it's to detail or making the memory you know i i like the photos i never end up in the photos right i and i want more photos that i am i'm like a a great memory yeah on the other side of the camera in that memory um to the to more serious (laughs) things right like how where you want your child to be educated, how you want them to treat their friends, what kind of meals you want to prepare for them and share and and skills that you want them to develop, their independence and, right? So if I'm asking you to reorganize the cabinet so that they can go grab their own things or the fridge is set up a certain way so that it kind of links to other things. So then it doesn't feel like you're just nitpicking where I put the string cheese and it's really to to kind of feed into other things going on in our household. Definitely. So those are our tips for and drive, you know, reflect, communicate, figure out what your parenting style is together, and then divide up the labor of love. <laughs> divide it up. Um, so now for our favorite segment of the show, our men. Why don't you start today? What's mending you? What is mending me? Let's see. <laughs> music music has been mending me i've been in this state of pause (laughs) whether i want it to be or not that's just the way it is 
and I've been listening to a lot of music and there's one song called Lean Back and it just talks about being put in a state of pause for a reason and the person can't figure out what the reason is so all they decide to do is to sit still and let it sink in and that really spoke to my heart because sitting still it's not something I can naturally do <laughs> because I'm just full of energy. Like when I'm told to sit still, I often want to just run and run for long distance. <laughs> so um, the fact that that person in that song couldn't figure out why they were being asked to sit still, I could completely relate because I'm like, yeah, I don't understand this pause. I'm quite confused about this pause, but I will sit here until this sinks in. And I, I just need to sit in it to let it soak. So that's what's been mending me is the sitting still and hoping that through osmosis it's sinking in. <laughs> well, pretty, for reflecting. pretty related. And then I'll share a little tip from my, my mend. Um, I'm doing a 40 day Kriya, which is the early morning meditation with a, the lion's paw Kriya and you have your lion's paw stance and you lift over your head and you're like moving energy for your chakras. And interestingly enough, Staying still in Savasana at the end is what locks it into your cellular memory. So I would say sit with it and see what the pause and extended pause can actually do. Because that, for me, it's my morning routine. What's, what's mending me is like actually my body kind of clicking on and doing all the things that feed that, like going to bed at a set time, hydrating myself enough, uh, it, contemplating it once it's in my head that like that's happening the next day and it can happen anywhere from like sunrise through the day but I have enjoyed like doing it first thing in the morning even if it like makes my morning call to work a little tighter like everything has to kind of fall in sync it's been really worth taking that time doing the breathing feeling my body and it's like a very intense short motion but feeling like that energy flow because all it's been unleashing is like emotion. It's like something happens and I'm already a crier. Now, now you lost me. <laughs> but that's you had me until you said emotion. That's I'm the like, reason no. you want to run. That's the reason you want to run. And it's interesting because even though I'm emotion, I'm emotional and I cry and I let those things out, something in, and I'm going to say like, the last 18 months, probably like whatever the phases, but the like being in one place has probably had me and needing to show up for multiple things has probably made me put up certain walls to like not deal with certain emotions because there it was just like, there's no room for you right now. And so it's, it's given that shift of energy has kind of shown me that as much as I, you know, and that in my nature, I am very mushy and emotional. I've paused that. Um, I've paused it a little bit for whatever reason. And it's kind of like letting that go. Letting it out. Yeah. So tour drive, I will let you know what gets locked in <laughs> as soon as I figure out what's trying to get locked into me. Um, but one thing that I have been saying is I refuse to be the weeping prophet. So <laughs> I refuse to be a weeper, but uh, you can just pour your love onto things. us and we'll feel it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So Torrent Tribe, we would love to hear what's mending you these days. 
how you've decided to figure out who you guys are as a parenting unit. We'd love to hear your feedback on that too. Um, you can tell our folks how to stay connected with us. Yes, let us know what you're thinking about Beyond the Guild. We are at TornMLB on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Please drop us an email to TornMLB at gmail.com. Thanks for joining. <laughs>